Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, obviously a Star Wars episode. This is part of the Weird Science family of podcast family, not network, and I'm here with my man, Matt. What up, Matt? What up, Jim? What up? And we have Bounty Hunters number 28, an issue that came out last week, but we talked Star Wars last weekend. Since there weren't any of the books that we were talking about this week, we figured we'd shuffle it, so that's why. We're going into this, and you have already told me that you like this issue. You said that you want to marry it, is what I heard. (laughs) I liked it enough. Yeah. 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 It's okay. It's one of those things when Bounty Hunters comes up, we always did kind of like it. It's that, you know, second tier with Afra, but we like it better than Afra, what's going on there. And in this, you end with a deal where I think that we're going to pick up a bit. As we end up having Tonga and Lasha and her crew intersect with Valance, which we kind of want more Valance. That's been our thing throughout. And Valance seems to be getting real sick and tired of what's going on with him and Darth Vader. He really, in this, gives Darth Vader more lip than most people get away with, right? He he really does. And it's kind of a funny deal, yeah. He ends up where... Also, there's... Weird plays with uniforms, and Darth Vader does a little fixing of said uniform in a threatening <laughs> way, which I thought was kind of funny. But yeah, as good. we said, this is Bounty Hunters number 28, and it is written by my man Ethan Sachs, with art by Paolo Villanelli, Arif Priano, and on colors VCs, Travis Lanham on letters, and that's the deal. And here is mm-hmm. the not crawl, but recap. The bounty hunters took a mission to protect a mid-level Pike mob boss during a celebration aboard a nightclub that orbits around the edge of the black hole. That's always going to work out well, right? You, you better yeah, really trust the engineers. <laughs> we see that they're robots. At least they're not serving drinks. Uh, so you end up where I would not go to this place. That robot was so proud of it, too. Is oh, the yeah. I do like <laughs> when he explains it. It is true. Like People are so crazy that they will do something that they know they shouldn't just because like oh mm-hmm. man nobody gets to do that where you get to drink at the edge of a black hole it's weird but no when thanks. tasu leech endures one too many insults from the client he, he completes the assassination that the kanji gangsters had failed to do now tonga and her team will have to fight their way through a space station full of vengeful pikes to get out alive meanwhile valence is being hailed as an imperial hero for the victories he and his team have achieved against Crimson Dawn. Their string of successes has caught the attention of none other than Darth Vader. It's funny, too. Their string of successes hasn't caught the attention, really. of Darth Vader balances this guy. He set him up to do this. It's a really weird way to play that out as we go forward. But like you said, you like this issue a little more than what we have been getting. And I, I'll give it to you. You end up where... <laughs> You have to do something before we get to this hidden empire stuff, right? So in this Bounty Hunters, at least they're doing Bounty Hunter stuff. And everybody seems to be, like, right on point with what they're doing. Tasu Leech, he just is going to end up killing Pikes, and that's what he does. I mean, he ends up attacking the guy and killing him. It messes mm-hmm. up this whole crew's, you know, 
Tonga and Lasha, especially their deal, they're not really going to get a payday now. They screwed up. So that forces them to have to call the Crimson Dawn at the end. So it all works out because you have to get that involved for the Hidden Empire stuff coming up. Uh, So that's okay. The only thing that really annoys me a bit with this issue is, you know, Lasha still going on and on about Furball. Oh, Furball. She's just going at, we barely saw this thing. And I made the joke that it was like the Rancor Pit, you know, guy (laughs) who ended up where everybody had to have laughed when he started getting upset about the Rancor. This is like to the extreme now. Like you're really showing, and I know that Ethan Saxon, probably people listening are mad at me now because it is that idea of a pet. It was a monster. Vuka was crying too. Yeah, I mean, everybody's upset about this one thing. The (laughs) the things that Vukara has done in the pet, and then that's what she seems to maybe be upset about, seems like a really overdone attempt that feels that isn't hitting as much. But no, in this, with, with the, you know, Tonga, Lasha, and the rest of the crew deal, I, I like at least Ethan Sachs is giving you the characters. I mean, you end up having Forlam and Zuckus. Now, there's the feels, right? The couple that we didn't know we needed, that they will do <laughs> yeah. whatever they can for each other. And you end up where Forlam, he has a plan. I like where he just, they're under fire. The Pikes are surrounded. There's so many people attacking them at this point that they pretty much say, we're really screwed, right? You end up Mm -hmm. having Bosk, who just, it's funny because Bosk has to always be reminded, hey, Bosk, this is what always happens to us. Really? I remember (laughs) the other 80 times it's gone wrong, but they're really pinned down and Forlum just gets up and runs away. And they're like, where are you going? And he's like, yeah, I'm off to go figure out some stuff. So Mm -hmm. he goes off to, what is a crazy Hail Mary plan? Uh, it works. I kind of question the physics by the end of it. But again, you can't really deal with that in the Star Wars universe. But then we go off to balance on the Executor, where we end up seeing, and, and I thought we were going to get more of Hayden and the idea, are they a couple now? Do- it seems like they are. It seems like they are. I mean, I I still think Valance is using her, but it's gone too far now because Valance is kind of our quote-unquote hero of this book. He is one of, if not Tonga, Lash, and Valance are the ones that are supposed to be good enough that that's yeah. who we would you know root for. And so having Valance do this, I think that it might really be over the top if he is fooling around now and just using Hayden because Hayden seems to be really smitten too. And she does not seem mean to him. No, right? not at all. So yeah. if it was like she was like, oh, you piece of crap, like, why do you talk to me bad in front of all the other people when, when you talk so nice <laughs> in private? But she doesn't do that. And it's funny because the other part of their crew which is kind of like they're on the side there. They're not really that, you know, crazy. It's almost like you're trying to mimic a bit of Tonga and Lasha's crew. But Tonga and Lasha's crew has Forlom Zuckus, but these are characters that are well-known and like, where mm-hmm. you end up having these side characters with balance that I'm not really that into. They're okay. They have a couple clips or whatever, but they seem to be like on the side Look at these two. Look at these two lovebirds. Like, they can tell that something's going on, which I really think that Vader 
will know as well. They're they're out in the open about it. They're not they're not covering it up. It's weird because you end up where Valance says, "Hey there, Jayla," and she's like, "No, no, no, I'm Lieutenant Hayden." Well, you get that right. But then he fixes his, <laughs> you know, his suit coat there, yeah, and they yeah. start laughing. I do think that what this is setting up, because you remember the idea where Valance, he is doing all this, not realizing that the people he's doing it to protect are pretty much obliterated. They they were taken out. So you need something, I think, to keep him involved. Mm-hmm. And it now seems to be this Lieutenant Hayden out of nowhere, where I thought he was kind of pushed. Like if Vader realizes this or finds it out, now he has something else on balance and i think that's what it is but they are being sent to go talk to vader and as i said you end up where valance he just start, who yells at vader he starts pointing fingers yeah thing and instead of vader choking him out he does end up fixing his coat in that crazy deal like i could have just crushed your your larynx i could have destroyed you which we know you could and almost to remind valance that but Man, Valance, he's got to learn the rules. Even as they're going, when you have Hayden fixing the coat, you end up where Valance, ah, what does it matter? We're got. It's like he thinks that he could show up to talk to Vader in a hoodie and shorts. Right? Hey, look at me. It's, it's casual Friday for Vader. But it's not the case. And she says, Vader doesn't miss a detail, which I think that that's a little wink, wink, that he's going to realize, too. When you have Hayden stepping up and yelling at Valance, don't do this almost like somebody who's, you know, in love with him, not wanting him to get hurt. Yeah, it's it's also a wink wink to the Death Stars in the background, too. He's looking oh, at yeah. the plans. Yeah, you see that going on and you even see his little chamber. There's a lot of stuff I think- going on. And it's funny, you say the Death Star, I didn't even see that when I went through. I'm glad that you brought that up. That he's so he's there. looking at the details. I, and you know that before they walked in, he's talking shade on the idea that they're just trying to ba- make a second bigger Death Star. That's in my mind. Like, look at this Emperor. What is he doing? Like, it didn't work <laughs> the first time. I, I do like how Vader um, gave him shade for uh, coming early to the meeting. Because everybody's like, come early to the meeting. He's like, I told you the exact time. Why are you here now? It is you know, funny like because that. that's the play that usually like you're commended for showing up early. But with yeah. Vader, you it was funny. It reminds me of when uh, during my freshman year at college, I came home and I ended up working in a funny deal, a cardboard box factory. And it was <laughs> a union job. And they had it set up so that the amount of time I was working for the summer, I would be a union guy for one day by the end. And I, I was stupid. I should have quit actually before because but for some reason because then i had to pay union dues but then i was Mm -hmm. leaving to go back to college the next so the idea of all that though was you couldn't clock in a second early or a second late if you clocked in a second early you'd get in trouble if you clocked in a second late you were fired because we were on like a probation type thing to get into it it was crazy and guys would try to screw with you where you had that time clock and you'd be like oh my god i gotta get in within this minute and guys would sit there and tie their shoes. I'm so mad. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> it was kind of a cool job, though. I worked 11 at night to 11 in the morning. And 11 at night to like 7 in the morning, there was nobody really supervising. You just kind of do things. And a bunch of people would just do stupid stuff. But still, it was kind of fun. fun. But all that going on, there's Vader. Vader is the emperor's version of the union boss. You can't clock <laughs> in early or late. You better be up right on time like a wizard. But. You end up where this whole play then is the idea of taking down more Crimson Dawn, and there is going to be 
this deal coming up where there is the mission of stopping uh I think actually it's stopping Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn is gonna end up taking down this one convoy of medicine and they gotta stop them from stopping them. And it's kind of the whole deal where I thought at first, eh, this doesn't seem that interesting. It just seems like another one of these, you know, quests to go off and do whatever. But by the end, we kind of figure out that it's going to be interesting because it is something that's going to intersect with Tonga and Lasha and and their crew. Yeah, when I first read it, I'm like, oh, God, another stupid thing he has to do. Yeah, I don't know why I had so much time explaining it because it's not (laughs) that crazy. It actually feels, again, like you just said, where when Vader says it, I'm like, Really, that's the small thing we're doing here. Like you're, you have a crew that it says in the recap that Vader is real impressed with them taking down all this Crimson Dawn, and now we're just going to do this little thing. Why aren't they taking it to the streets here? Why don't they go yeah. for the gusto? But we know that Vader starts pulling, you know, different strings all over the place anyway. But to have it go and intersect with Tonga and Lasha, that's cool because the book kind of needs to do that. We kind of jump around a lot. And the funny thing is, I like the balance stuff a lot more usually. This isn't that interesting, you know, getting a mission. But the Tongue and Lasha stuff I thought was pretty cool because of, you know, Forlom Zuckus uh, mm-hmm. end up. Because Forlom, he ends up just going to where the engineer is that's keeping this space station, this bar, casino, whatever, from going into the black hole. And he just walks in and he's like, yep, I'm going to hit this button and this button. This guy is not equipped. This robot engineer no. is not equipped to fight back. There's no way that it's going to stop Forlom. He's like, oh no, what are you doing? You're going to end up destroying <laughs> things. He's like, I don't care. And he ends up pressing the buttons. And then he smashes that robot into the console. Just he just didn't need him. to do that. It's funny no. where he, he's looking at it. And I, I guess the idea is just like, okay, which button do I press? Ah, screw it. Grabs the engineer robot and just crashes him <laughs> into that panel. Now, all of that said and done, I do think in my mind, there would be backups. You are outside of a black hole. The idea that you just end up having a power outage, maybe, or whatever, or have an engineer robot smashed into the console, there has to be backups in this, where if that happens to me, this thing skedaddles way away off. from the deal, right? Yeah. It's hypersight, yeah. whatever it would take. Because there's no way you could set this up without any safety protocols. Now, you could say that Forlom ended up taking them out, but they have to be real extreme. You're outside of a black hole. Uh, <laughs> it's fun, though. It ends up where I'm like, oh, my God. And, and I love the idea where Forlom, he's like calculating things in my mind. Like, okay, if I don't do this, we have a half a, a percentage chance to live. If I do this, it goes up like point zero 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 one percent somehow. And he's uh-huh. like, all right, let's do it. Almost doing it of, if this doesn't work, who cares? We're going to die anyway. Because the fight is really, you know, pretty crazy with that. But then, out of nowhere, I didn't think that we would actually have this. We go off to the Unbroken Clan Palace on Corellia, and you do have Vukra going. And almost in a way that's like, you know, what we get in Return of the Jedi, almost with, you know, Luke going to Jabba's palace and, mm-hmm. and even like a, you know, Chewbacca who was ending up, they were pretending in, in New Hope to go. They end up where there is Vukra comes in and reveals that it's all a trap and ends up killing this guy who we hardly knew ye, Skormara, 
And, and I no. don't like Scormara. <laughs> Scormara's there, and I love the idea that he's just sitting on that throne. He's like, hey, what up, Vukra? Oh, you're back? Oh, that's pretty funny because we know all about Cadalia. And I'm just going to keep this seat warm. I'm like, that's it. Just remind, made me remind of a, a toilet. The idea of the seat that we'll keep the seat warm for. And then, you know, we'll take over. And Vuker's like, you know, on my dead body and boom. He's just talking so much trash. And then she just kills him like without even. <laughs> He's gone. I'm like, all right. But it, it, again, if you're going to go with this, maybe you needed a reminder that Vuker is pretty bad. But but then she starts crying when she gets on. I'm like, oh, well. I guess that wasn't the case. It's almost like you got to re- be reminded that she's pretty ruthless when it comes to the unbroken clan, but she's got a heart of gold and, and starts crying. I don't know above where she's crying. That's verbal. Yeah. Called him then. It, it's like, why? Why are you that upset about this, this monster? These things aren't known. This is not like a triple. You know what I mean? I I heard they cause problems, too. Like, this isn't a dog or a cat or a horse. It's this monster, and everybody's so upset about this. Though I have to tell you, right now I realize Tonga does not show any emotion really to it. She's upset that Lash is upset about it, but I think that Tonga is on our side. Like, why are you crying about this thing? Because exactly. in that, you have the fight going on. And in the middle, you have Tonga have to stop Lasha again from going nuts and just destroying people because she's so upset. I couldn't stop her. I couldn't stop her. Why do we have to have this really personal thing between Lasha and Vukra? I don't Mm -hmm. get it. I don't know why this is pushed so much. Maybe other people are liking it, but it seems like it's something that just won't go away. Where at this point, what you usually do in these points, you get Tonga's just going to get her another furball. That's what you go. You get another pet. Yeah, replacement call the, one. Call it the yeah. same name. Call it furball two. two, right? That's all <laughs> yeah. you need. And then you just go that. And I'd love it if you had that. And Lash is like, it just doesn't take its place. All the things that me and furball used to do. Like what? Like really? At what Nothing. point you were afraid that maybe furball was going to eat you, and then Are went we- after. That was like we, the bonding moment, but there was nothing, right? Yeah, we just thought the furball was a part of the team. I didn't know it was a pet. I thought it was just a, a, a somebody that got a paycheck. I thought that furball was just being kept in the hold that maybe they could <laughs> sell them somewhere. And then when you get in the hold, I thought it was me maybe being a dummy. When they end up where Vukar and Lasha and that issue end up in the hold, and then you see the mouth of furball, I'm like, oh, crap, they're both going to get eaten. Holy moly, what's yeah, going to exactly. go on here? Hell, holy. Were, and then I, I didn't get this idea like all of a sudden it's like sick of ball. I mean, seriously, no. I just don't get it that much. If, if you go back to the Rancor trader, like at least he trained the Rancor. This was his thing. That was his pet. And you had a, a history of it. Even if you didn't see it, you can. But this furball deal, I don't know. I, I guess you needed something. To really get Lasha, you know, something to get involved with. I don't know. But, yeah, she's just bashing dead people. Mm-hmm. And Tonga says, stop. That guy's dead. He's been dead for 10 minutes. <laughs> I couldn't stop her. She's so upset with that. But while that's going on, you end up having the ship or the, the space station. It's falling into the, the black hole. Now, again, in my mind, the minute that these controls go down, I don't know. And it doesn't say I would have liked to have had this, you know, beep, boop, beep. the space station will hit the 
black hole in 10 minutes. Like, at least we know. Because yeah, when they countdown. do end up rushing and you see the space station being ripped apart, they get on the Edgehawk, their ship. I don't know that they would have been able to escape from this black hole at that point. But again, it's Star Wars. And, and again, you're going to have Tonga, you know, be a good gal and ends up getting the remaining crew of that, even though, you know, Tasu and everybody, we don't need them. You know, they're dead weight. They might end up going against us. Tasu says, should we kill them? Like, yeah. they're, they're going to die in about five <laughs> seconds anyway. In the, into I guess maybe he was trying to be nice. Hole. You know, it was like one of those things where I almost spit out my coffee there. The idea, because I was just thinking like, yeah, why are you worried about that, Tasu? They're going to die. So they end up taking them into the hold and go up. But that's nice of them. And, and you would expect that at least from Tonga, but all in all, really what they should have done is left Tasu on the space station. They should have ran up to the Edgehawk, hey, you go over there, to, and then close the door and get the heck out of there before mm-hmm. he could go on. He ruined everything that was going on here, but I guess on their reputation side, it does say that they pretty much killed everybody that was the Pikes and all, and everybody else, and all the evidence. No communications got out or anything. Yeah, no just... communications. They almost say, and that's the kind of weird thing. And and black holes end up intriguing me. The idea, you know, nothing can escape. And it's funny because the black hole talk when I was a kid, it ended up almost being like the killer bees from Mexico or the piranhas that were going to come yeah. up from the Amazon. The things that I was told. Really like, oh, my God, like it almost seemed like it was trying to really scare you. And then when you find out the reality, it wasn't as neat of it. But I love the idea of a communication, like something that you can't really get in your mind, like an idea of me yelling to you. And then the sound would get pushed into the black hole. It's so like it, it blows my mind. It gets sucked about in there. Stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like not and only like it's so weird. What do you think happens when you get sucked in there? You just get squished into a little ball or something? I, I like from wish the gravity? You end up in the mirror universe and then everybody's <laughs> got goatees. It's not a good like way that. to go. It would be cool. Now, I, I think that the idea of people saying like, oh, it'll take you to the other side of the universe or it'll go to your alternate reality it's or whatever. not a wormhole. Now, if you believe in such things, I believe you will either go to heaven or hell. Maybe purgatory <laughs> in the middle. Be- and see Santa Claus while you're at it. It might be really <laughs> odd as you're seeing yourself like particles. I, I don't know. It's not good. I hope, I hope that we never find out. Remember seeing something about some guy, and this is way back, like there was like a black hole that was going to attack Earth. I, I forget what the deal was, but I was a little kid. I probably saw like some headline and thought it was something else. Uh, but you end up where everything disappears. They're kind of scot-free, but scot-free means that they have no money. They ended up going through a lot of nonsense there for, you know, Tasu to pretty much not get him a payday. They need Mm -hmm. money desperately. And so what that desperation calls for is to have them make a call. Wish that call got sucked into the black hole. We'd see that. But it calls Mm -hmm. up Crimson Dawn because we saw before the Crimson Dawn had made them an offer and so they're going to take that offer. And you do even have, you know, the whole deal. Tonga doesn't want to do it. Lasha says, we're going to have to. You're going to have to make that call. I know you don't want to, honey, but you're going to have to. And calls and says, okay, uh, we'll do what you got to do. Tell me what's going on. And it ends up being that same exact call of what Valance is going to stop, which kind of throws me off a bit because you ended up having Vader say earlier, 
hey, you got to stop this thing. It's happening. But now it seems like it's set up at the end to happen. But I guess it was always going to happen. It makes me think that Vader is in on, like, again, pulling strings and stuff because it is odd the timing of it as you go through. And they're both going to Bestine is where this whole deal of medicine being delivered and then being stopped and taken down. Now, with that, you have to notice that Tonga is not really told exactly what everything is about because it does look like they're going to go take down a shipment of medicine to a planet. That's not good. That's not something but that... But it's coming from the Empire, though. So that would be like the last straw for that, that yeah, planet. Yeah, it's, it's a weird play, but I think that Tonga... Is not going to really go for it. I know that it's the last straw, but it's that's a Crimson Dawn last straw. We can take mm-hmm. this down. It'll end up causing problems. But Tonga, who just saved a bunch of workers in a casino-type bar going yeah. into a deal and saying, no, we can't leave them behind, is now going to have to go and destroy a shipment of medicine. I think that this ends up with Valance and Tonga kind of coming together. Maybe yeah, of course. they yeah. will take the medicine. We'll deliver it, but in the meantime, we'll take down some people, whatever. But you're going to have some problems. What is Lieutenant Hayden going to do about this? Is she going to jump ship if it happens? You know, it may not happen like this, but if it does, what does Hayden do when Valance goes against the Empire? And then, like I said, what does Tonga and them do? And what does the Crimson Dawn do when they find out that maybe they didn't do exactly what they were told? So it's kind of a cool. I, I think that the cliffhanger was really cool. I thought that that yeah. was really well done, the cliffhanger, and it gets me intrigued and actually gets Valance, you know, and Tongalasha, the crew, Forlum, Zuckus, Bosk, all together, maybe. And that's what I kind of want right now. And then we'll deal with the Crimson Dawn, and then we're going to have to, I guess, deal with Bukra and the whole deal with Vidalia as well, who's with the Crimson Dawn. So all this stuff is starting to finally tie together, and that's what I think this book needs. It's still better, I think, than Afra. Yeah, I think yep. that it's it's still a little lower, and it's going to be tough for it to be as good or or as important as Darth Vader and Star Wars, the main books. But it's still something. It's like one of those things where I like Valance. I think more than a lot of the characters that we get in most of the other books, you know. And I love you know the main characters and stuff like that. But what they do, it's kind of tied down. Valance and even Tongalasha. This book, the the cool thing about it is it's not tied down to return of the jedi as much so you can end up doing what you want so you end up having some you know things it's just sometimes you veer off in weird directions and deal with things that maybe everybody isn't interested in but we'll see but what would you give it um had fun talking with about it with you so uh, my score went up a little bit i like seeing those pikes get uh destroyed in that uh, black <laughs> hole that was stupid pikes. <laughs> stupid pikes uh, so uh, I, I was at a seven and a half and i'm gonna go to an eight yeah i i actually i'm gonna be pretty positive too and i I was down on it when I first read it, but it's one of those things when you read through it for a podcast, you're, you're just there by yourself. You're reading, you're looking up things. And once you start to actually say things out loud and talk about it, you realize, okay, there is something to that, or that's interesting. And really what is telling is when I went to talk about this whole Bestine deal and Vader sending that, that kind of as a side, you just need something to get the whole deal with Tonga Lash and their crew with balance. So, the actual idea of the mission, it threw me off when I first read it. Like, oh, here, that's so small. Mm-hmm. And it does, but once you kind of go with the flowing and go with it, though, so maybe Vukura crying on the throne 
it it ended up being something that I groaned at when I read it and I laughed when we talked about it. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm even giving it credit for that. I'm going eight as well. Nice. I, I didn't think I would be as high as an eight for this, but I'm going with that. But yeah, we have the old hidden empire, all that stuff. It's coming soon. It's coming down. So we're going to be talking about that. And I'm even looking at the last page where we had, and we talked about this last week, but We'll see how that Yoda book is. We kind of fell off the Han Solo and Chewbacca book. And I, I see the Mandalorian right now is dealing with some new things they said, but a lot of the reviews are not very positive. So mm-hmm. I haven't been reading that one, but I'm looking forward to maybe checking out the revelations as well. We said we'll, we'll have to deal with that if we do or don't. We'll figure it out. But books are cool. We love the Star Wars. You're loving Andor. And we were actually... On our Patreon, uh, Stephen Batten Mitchell was asking me if I had watched Andor because of the idea of what we talked about last week with Star Wars and Princess Leia hiding the monies away and, yeah. and, and being a jerk. And it, you said even when we were talking and he said that that is explained a bit in the Andor show that you said you really love. Right? I really, really, really like it. I'm going to a 10 out of 10 thing. Me and you end up where a lot of the hype and the fandom stuff, even in our Slack chat for the Patreon. A lot of the people, you know, they love everything or then they hate things for weird reasons. You know how it is. And I'm not just saying the people in Slack. I'm saying the overall fandom. So I never know what. But me and you have been pretty much on the money of what we have liked and not liked. Mm -hmm. You know, where there's been things that people hated that me and you liked and vice versa. So I, I think I might check it out then. I just, I, Rogue One wasn't my favorite thing. So I ended up kind of being you know a little skittish of of watching it it just this it just feels like a real like you could actually rogue one more is that possible i've watched rogue one once and i'm kind of with you in the same but all of that said and uh everybody please go off to our twitter at ws marvel comics follow us and we'll follow you on back 100 percent, and then go over to our website where it's sciencemarvelcomics.com where you can get reviews each and every week, mainly by Gabe. And you can then go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, and you can get early access to a bunch of our shows and have some other shows like a Marvel show we're doing right after we're done this. We're going to go off and do issue number four of Marvel Zombies for our events podcast. So that's one of the things there. There's a lot of other things as well. And just if you do listen to all of our shows here, I will end up having a probably a big uh, episode of the regular Marvel Comics deal where I catch up and do the things this week. But I have it set up to talk about nine books. We'll see. We'll see (laughs) how it goes. But that is the plan. So that'll be up on Sunday. So tune in then and then I'll be all caught up and then I'll keep a regular schedule and including doing a uh patreon spotlight shows and nice. things like that so we'll get back to the main flow of things but thank you for listening thanks for joining me matt as always and yep. we will talk to you all next week Go read comics. you are all weirdos weird science is the revolution weird science is the revolution weird science is the revolution